0: Welcome, everyone, to Maximum Potential. This is Deborah Mousseau here. Tonight's topic is prosperity. One of the benefits of a relationship with God is prosperity. And this is a tough subject matter. Some It shouldn't be, but it is. The Jewish people kind of look at the Christians and can't quite figure out why we can't get the money thing right. But to start with the scripture, Psalms 35, 27 says God rejoices in the prosperity of his servant. So tonight, we're going to talk about God's point of view on money. All throughout the Bible, there are examples of how prosperous God's people are. The only poor people in the Bible are the ones that don't know God. They are poor in spirit. Rich people that don't know God, they are poor in spirit. There are poor people that don't know God. They are poor in spirit and also poor in their finances. Do you know what topic is talked about more than any other in the Bible? Money. Why? Because it's the area that trips us up the most. All throughout the Bible, there are examples of how to handle money and how not to handle money, just like every other subject matter. But there are many reasons why we have issues with money. It's money mindset, It's lack of knowledge, lack of self-control, or unhealed wounds that cause us to spend too much. I deal with a lot of these money issues in my financial classes, but this chapter tonight is to take a look at what God says about money. Number one, God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. If I meet one more Christian that makes fun of the prosperity gospel, I honestly think I'm going to toss my cookies. People say there is no such thing as the prosperity gospel, and they are correct. There is only one gospel, and it says we are to be prosperous. The preachers that preach against prosperity might be well-meaning, but they don't really understand the word correctly. God wants his people to be prosperous as long as we keep our finances in proper perspective. Money is not evil. The root of all evil is the love of money. The love of money is greed. That is the root of all evil. Money is just a tool. Nothing more and nothing less. People think that money are going to make them happy are sadly deluded. Money cannot buy happiness. There are a lot of rich people that are absolutely miserable. Money can make you more comfortable, it gives you more options, and it makes it easier to accomplish things. But money in and of itself has no value except the value we place on it. God comes first in your life. Money is not just secondary to that, but it should come after your country, your family, your friends, and your purpose. Money is a tool to get things done and to live the life that you desire. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Why would God give you the power to get wealth if he didn't want you wealthy? He wouldn't. God doesn't lie, and his word never changes. King Solomon, King David's son, was the richest person to ever walk the face of the earth. If King Solomon were alive today, he would be a trillionaire. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Bill Gates cannot compare to King Solomon. Combined together they might come close. But that's all three of them together. And even then, King Solomon would win. Abraham was rich. Joseph, Daniel, Jesus, they were all well off. Jesus had a treasure and traveled with 12 disciples and their staff. This man had more than enough to do do whatever he was called to do. God always supplies your needs. God asks you to put him first because It helps keep, it helps you keep the money thing in perspective and not let it take over your life, which brings up point two, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be given to you. God knows you have needs. He knows you need money, not just to survive, but to thrive. God will give you the desires of your heart, but he wants you to keep God as your God and do not make money your God. Money makes a very poor God, and it will take your life from you. When money becomes your God, that is when greed takes over. When greed takes over, you make decisions based on the wrong criteria. Now it's all about the need for more. More money, more things, more revenue, more businesses, more real estate, more stuff, more activities. But none of this more will ever satisfy you. In fact, it is a cycle that leaves you wanting for more. That is what greed and loving money will do for you. They will destroy your life. God will give you the desires of your heart. If you want a Mercedes, you can have a Mercedes. If you ask for a Chevrolet, you will get a Chevrolet. You get what you believe for. There's nothing wrong with a Chevrolet, and there's nothing wrong with a Mercedes. They are both pieces of metal that get you from one place to another. Don't give your things more value than they deserve. They are just things. They get old, rust, and they have to be replaced after a few years. Why does God want you wealthy? God wants you to have more than enough to accomplish your destiny. We all have a purpose in this life. If you're constantly stressing about money, you can't fulfill your purpose. If you can't pay all your bills... You don't have enough money left over to give to the poor or to feed into the kingdom. The Bible comes right out and says, share with the people that teach you. This is point three, Galatians 6, 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches the word. The Bible comes right out and tells us to share with the people that teach us. That is your pastor, your priest, or your rabbi. Whatever you call him or her, we are asked to share our wealth with them. If you pay a brain surgeon hundred grand, two hundred grand, or more to take care of your brain, or an attorney $500 to $1,000 an hour, which racks up a bill really fast to keep you out of trouble, why would you not share with the one person whose purpose it is to help save your soul? Your spirit is the most valuable part of you. Your body dies after 100 years, give or take <laughs> a few years, but your spirit lives forever. Giving 10% of your income back to God to pay your pastor, to pay the church mortgage, to buy toilet paper and keep the lights on and take care of the poor, whether it's missions or people in your own neighborhood, this is the least that we can do for the man who's in charge of helping educate and take care of our souls. Step four, or number four, is money mindset. Money mindset is our belief system about money. This is one of the things that gets in the way of us being prosperous. Money mindset is how we view money, but also a lot of times, it's how we view ourselves. There's nothing wrong with having money. In fact, you're, you're foolish if you don't have money. So what does God say about this? We have two two extremes in the church world. We have the poverty mindset and we have the prosperity mindset. And there's a huge difference between prosperity mindset and the poverty mindset. And some religions in the past, and some still today, are teaching that poverty is good. And this brings you closer to God, or that being poor is being humble. Being humble means giving God credit for everything He has done in your life including design and make you. Being poor is just plain foolish. It doesn't help you, and it certainly doesn't help anyone around you. You become a burden instead of being a blessing. It is our job to be a blessing to our families, our community, and our country. Being broke does not contribute or help in any way, shape, or form. Any religion or organization that wants to keep you down keep you poor, keep you limited. This is not truly following God's word. If you want to get closer to God, spend time with him. Fast and pray and read the Bible. Do not become destitute because that is is foolish. If you want to think like a monk, do all the things I just mentioned above, but do not refuse to work or allow the poverty mentality in your life. That leads to destruction. Fast and pray and get closer to God and keep money in perspective. Another sure path to poverty besides your mindset is laziness. This is point five. Thessalonians 3.10. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all supposed to pull our own weight in this world. I dealt with a lot of homeless people in the 20 years that I lived in Los Angeles. And a lot of them would come to the church and we would help them out. And some of them you just give more and more and more. But they don't, they think they love their lifestyle because they're free. They confuse freedom of not having any responsibility with the same freedom as being able to do anything. But you guys don't confuse freedom for this, as the same thing as having no responsibility. Because no responsibility equals no reward. Yeah, they're free, but they are very, very limited. Now, I am i am not making fun of people that have lost their job and lost their home and ended up homeless by accident or through really extenuating circumstances. I'm talking about the people, and there are a lot of them. I mean, yes, some are drug addicts, some are mental ills, some, some have alcohol issues, they have bad habits, they don't want to give up. And they have to hit rock bottom before you can help them. But I'm talking about the people that want to be homeless, like being homeless, and just take handouts because it's easy. So, anyway, some the people that prefer that type of freedom and that type of you know laziness is what it is. Sorry, but if you are that lazy you don't deserve to eat, you get what you work for. So sometimes Forgive me, I kind of went off on that subject a little too much, but back to the poverty mentality. Sometimes our poverty mentality comes from experience, and sometimes it comes from self-worth issues. Low self-esteem and low self-worth tend to come from being beat up by life, but a lot of times it starts in childhood with the mother and father wounds, and these wounds need to be healed. You can see this in the homeless community and in everybody, basically. But for you to say that you aren't worth something means that you're saying that God, basically you're saying God created junk. God has never and will never create junk. God creates beautiful things and that includes you. You are worthy and you deserve to have a good life. But you do have to work for it. It is our job to develop ourselves. So why do some people not have money? Sometimes it's the mindset. Sometimes they shoot themselves in the foot. It's bad habits, uh, making babies in high school or before they finish school, not developing a skill set or having things like the baby or other things come before they develop the skill set. Ladies and gentlemen, it's up to us to develop ourselves. Do not depend on the school system to do it. And those that didn't start out with anything – A lot of us did not start out with anything, but with God, you can do anything. Get God, that is step one to having the best life you can possibly have. And yes, our country's a bit of a mess right now. Well, okay, that might be the understatement of the year. (laughs) But yes, we need to fix our educational system and make sure all people, especially the poor, black and white, have equal opportunity. But opportunity also means mentors and parents in the home. This is mom and dad, both, two parents in the home. Children need both, the mom and the dad. We also need equal justice, not a black and a white system, not a blue collar and a white collar system, not, oh, the Democrats get one system and the Republicans get the other. We need equal justice under the law for all people. With God, all things are possible how many people started out disadvantaged in life, but have risen up and accomplished incredible things. Many, 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 many of us. Do not make excuses for your inaction. Take action. You can have whatever life you want on this earth, but it is a choice. All choices require action. No action is a choice too, but it gets you nowhere. God knows you need money to survive and especially to thrive. It is your choice which one you're going to do. I find it really interesting in my close circle of friends. Three of us believe in prosperity and two of us do not. Of the three that believe in prosperity, they are doing well financially and do not have any lack. The two that do not believe in prosperity have second jobs because they aren't making enough to survive. Not all five of these women have master's and doctorate degrees. Now, the one, I will give some slack because she's a recent college graduate on her first full-time job. However, she made some foolish decisions that got her off to a very bad start financially. The reality is you get what you believe in. If you believe in prosperity, you get prosperity. If you believe in poverty, you get poverty. As a man thinks, so he is. God loves you and believes in you and believes in your prosperity. So who are you to disagree? Number six, another issue that prevents us from prosperity is lack of knowledge. Everyone should be financially educated. No, you don't need to go to college for it. The last few years since COVID shutdowns have exposed how useless a lot of our educational system is. A lot of people in careers do not need a college education, but this does not mean you don't have to educate yourself. Finance and accounting are two areas we all should be well-versed in. One, you need to know your numbers. You need to know where you stand and you need to spend your money wisely. If this is an area where you need help, please check out my classes, Financial Fitness and my mini course, Get Out of Debt Now. Both are very useful depending on what stage you're in. Proverbs 21.20 says there is desirable treasure and oil, money, in the hands of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. Your spending habits are either helping you or hurting you. So which state are you operating in right now? Yes, I realize we have idiots running our federal government. They don't have a clue how to balance a budget. Please do not follow their example. They are the last people you should ever take financial advice from. But this (laughs) being able to spend your money wisely comes to point seven, which is be a good steward. It is up to you to manage your money well and make the most of what you have, no matter what your income level or net worth level you are at. Proverbs 20. twenty: There is desirable treasure and oil in the hands of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. Don't be the foolish man. One of the fruits of the spirit is self control. Galatians five twenty two twenty three. It is up to us to control ourselves our appetites, and to spend our money wisely. This means saving a certain percentage and also giving to the church a certain percentage before we spend it on our lives. It means watching how much we spend on our rent, on our mortgage, and how much we spend on our automobiles and our toys, whether those toys are boats or toy toys or travel, clothes, home furnishings. Is it okay to want nice things? Absolutely. But the nice things are secondary to God and our ties. A man reaps what he sows. Spend your money wisely. But believe what God says about money. He wants you wealthy, he wants you healthy. This includes a healthy relationship with money, a good, sound money mindset, as well as good fiscal responsibility. God wants you to have the desires of your heart, but your foundation rests on God, not on earthly things. God rejoices in the prosperity of his servants. Get God, bring him into your finances, and live your best life ever. Have a good evening. Until next time, Deborah.